listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, I wanted to show you something, and by the way, and I know it's Friday, but take a minute, share this video, because here's the deal. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday. We were talking about purpose, talking about your anointing, talking about God's blessing coming upon what you do for him, and um, I shared... I shared something uh, with him that I heard Bishop David Oyedepo teach one time, and I thought, man, that is extremely, extremely powerful. Um, And I want to share it with you guys today. I would consider it to be the greatest promotion uh, tip in the kingdom of God that I've ever heard really taught about how to excel, how to increase, how to be promoted by God um, and this is going to help you no matter if you're in business, no matter if you're a minister, doesn't matter what you're doing in your personal life. This lesson applies to everything across the board. And I wanted to share it with you because I honestly do believe that it's like the most powerful thought, uh, taught for scripture from scripture on how you can access the increase of heaven on your ministry, your business, your family, what you're setting your hands to do. Uh, and so I'm going to show it to you, but I want to, if you saw the title, you saw me put a eye-opening promotion secret from the world's largest church or the largest church in the world. Reason I say that, um, Bishop Oyedepo, uh, though he doesn't have the largest congregation, I know Dr. Cho has over a million, but you have to recognize like that's over, like that's throughout home groups and cells throughout Korea. But Bishop Oyedepo currently has the largest church building in the world at 55,000 seats. And then they have a tent outside or two tents, I believe, that seat 40,000 more people on top of the 55,000 packed. And they do like five or six Sunday morning services. So you think about it. This is a man who um, every Sunday is preaching to, you know, close to, half a million people live in the building or outside in the tent, plus what's watching online. So they're building a building right now that's like a soccer stadium that'll seat 100,000 people with a 10,000-seat children's church. I mean, it's a, it's a whole complex with a, a college inside. and I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. And God has blessed them. And um, he was teaching on this, you know, because when you see stuff that, that's at that scale, and I, I've not gotten a chance to go to their campus yet in Canaan land, which is in Ota, Nigeria, just north of Lagos. But from my friends that have been there, they've told me it's pristine. You know, you're in a third world nation, but they said it's beautiful. It's kept like like a resort quality landscaping. It's it's gorgeous. And God has blessed them. They, they have, what, four banks. They have two power plants, homes, everything that they've built for their people. It's, it's amazing how the hand of, of God's blessing has, has been upon their ministry. And so he's teaching, uh, he was teaching one Sunday about how you can walk in, in the promotion and increased favor of God, but he was showing what many people do wrong that we can do right. And he said, it's a mindset issue. Notice that it's a mindset issue because he said, what happens is many people strive for increase. And literally they set their goal as next level increase, next level increase. And so he was using it in the, in the form of, as an analogy, talking about pastors. So if you go to Nigeria, you know, the, the churches are large. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The churches are large, but one of the things that uh, you'll notice like a 5,000 member church in Nigeria would not be considered a large church, you know, by any means. If you're seeing churches of 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, you know, (laughs) a 5,000 member church, though very large in America, is not that large in Nigeria. So he was using that as an example. He said there might be a pastor who 
uh, pastors a church of about 5,000 people. And, you know, he has set it like a goal. You know, I want to get to 10,000 people or I want to get to 20,000 people. And they're striving towards those goals, striving towards 10,000, striving towards 20,000, whatever it might be. And uh, he said, the problem with that is, is that's not what your job is. Your job is not to strive for a, a bigger vision. It's not to strive for a larger output or outcome. Um, he said, what, what your job is to do is to be faithful to what God has put in your hand, what God has given you. Because if you think about this, God is the one who gives the increase. God is the one who brings the increase. It's not us. We don't provide our own increase. God does it. So if he's the one who is giving increase to his children, then he's the one who decides when you are ready for increase. Remember that. God, in fact, I want you to write that in the comments today. God is the one who decides when I'm ready for increase. And of course, it's based on your faithfulness and everything. But promotion doesn't come from men. It comes from the Lord. So God is the one who decides who is ready for increase. And I wanted to start by showing you a, a verse of scripture in Galatians chapter six. Uh, this will help us to see this and understand this, but I want you to turn to Galatians chapter six with me and let's read this. Look at this Galatians chapter six. Yeah. Put it in the comments. God is the one who decides when we're or who is ready for increase or when I'm ready for increase. And the reason, by the way, before we read Galatians 6, the reason I say that, that's scriptural. If you didn't understand, that's a scriptural um, principle because Psalm 75 teaches us and tells us, verses 6 and 7, that promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord. And he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. So I want you to catch this today. God gives the increase, but look at this, uh, Galatians chapter six, and the Bible says in verse nine, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, catch that we will reap if we do not give up. Let me read it again. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we'll reap if we don't give up. So here's the first principle. The principle is faithful consistency. Faithful consistency, or I could say it another way, consistent faithfulness. Either way you say it, it works. Faithful consistency or consistent faithfulness. That's a key. And so he started to teach on this. It's, it's this principle of because God gives the increase, because God is the one who brings us into that place of growth, doesn't matter if it's ministry, business, family, whatever you're doing, it's your purpose, it's your vision. God's the one that does it. He is looking for people who will consistently be faithful, right? What does the Bible say in 2 Chronicles 16, 9? We use this verse often, that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro, across the earth. And who is he looking for? People whose hearts are loyal to him. And when he finds them, the Bible says, he will show himself strong and mighty on their behalf. So notice who he's showing himself strong and mighty to. People whose hearts are consistently loyal and turned toward him. And so that's why we start with uh, Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap if you don't give up. So the key is, number one, as you're doing what God's calling you to do or has called you to do, stay faithful. Don't get weary. Don't get tired. Continue to be faithful. Continue to press forward. Continue to make it work. And then God's watching. You know, the Bible says that God keeps a book of remembrance in heaven. Malachi tells us that, that God keeps a book of remembrance in heaven. So he's actually 
writing down, recording, and remembering the work that you're doing for him, the works that you're doing for him. And so he's watching for people that are consistently faithful, watching for people that are staying on top. You know, it's like, it's like doing this broadcast. I'm blessed to be able to do this broadcast. We do it every day, Monday through Friday, 1030 AM Eastern time. I'm blessed to do this broadcast. I'm blessed. God gave me all of the equipment, you know, and I've got a lot. I own a lot of equipment now and even more has been purchased and we've got, we've got tons of stuff. God gave it all. We don't owe any man anything. There's no debt in this ministry. Everything's paid for by cash. Literally, God's blessed us. He provided all of this. But you know, it's like I think about it. When we started doing all this, I didn't have any of it. You know, we st- I started doing these on my phone. You know, I, I would hold my phone up to you guys and be like, hey, what's up, everybody? You know, it was like on here. I still will do that from time to time on the road. But now I look around at all of the equipment we have, all of the stuff that we have, God did that. I didn't do it. But notice, as I was faithful, as I was consistent, and God's the one who asked me to do it, and we just started being faithful and never let up, and as we have been, God's continued to provide the increase. Then on top of that, you have to think of it this way too. Me being you know, a human, you know, a normal human person, There are days, especially you come back from preaching weeks and weeks of revival, you know, you're preaching twice a day, whatever it might be. There are days, you know, where I'm like, man, in my flesh, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing the broadcast today, even though I love doing it. Your flesh gets tired and you're like, man, I, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to get up today and do it and go and go into the studio, whatever. But then you say, no, I'm, I'm faithful. God gave me the platform. God opened the door. God's blessed me with the equipment. And so you'll, that's why you'll notice unless I'm like traveling or unless there's no way for me to get access to internet signal on the road, I am with you every morning, 1030 AM Eastern time, Monday through Friday, I'm live on the broadcast. Unless there's like no way for me to be here or if it's a travel day where I'm flying or something, you know, we will re-air a broadcast. But if I'm able to, I'm here with you on the broadcast because I've made up my mind. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be consistent. You understand? And so it's like that no matter whatever you do. Doesn't matter if it's in your family. You might be a business person. And you know, you know, there's days you don't feel like pressing in and growing your business and doing the things you're doing, being faithful on the little things. But you keep doing it. You keep plugging. You stay faithful. And the Bible says that if you'll not faint or faint not, don't give up. Continue to be faithful. Don't get weary in well-doing because in due season. So there's the key in due season. So notice you don't determine your due season. God does. You just determine your faithfulness. God determines your due season. And so, uh, I began to hear Bishop was teaching on this and he was saying, you know, you've got to realize that God is watching the faithfulness of his children. He's the master We're the servants, and he's watching the faithfulness of his children, of his servants. And of course, uh, it brings us over to Matthew chapter 25. And so I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 25 and see this. Of course, we're talking about the parable of the talents. And this is a very interesting parable in this context, because you'll see what what we're talking about here. This This is a revelation every Christian needs to get. And uh, he said, it'll be like a man. Now I'm starting in verse 14. This is Matthew 25 and verse 14. Um, So I want, before I get into that, I want you to put it into the comments right now, everybody that's watching. uh, My faithfulness determines my season. That's big. Put that in the comments section. My faithfulness determines my season. Amen, Teresa. Put it in the comments. My faithfulness determines my season. You know, I say that so that we can, we can get a grasp on this because so many people, they hear about seasons as though there's these just seasons of your life. The way it's preached sometimes, we almost think like, well, this is my season of increase. And, you know, I was going through a dry season for a while, but now I'm getting ready to step into a season, a promotion season. And and we talk about it. And we think about it as though God is sovereignly putting us through these seasons 
You know, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down, we're dry, we're, we're blessed, whatever. But that's not how it works. God's God doesn't want to take you into dry places. God doesn't want to take you into struggle. God doesn't want to take you into places where you're uh, decreasing or diminishing. It's not his plan. I mean, the Bible, you just read the Bible and you can see it's not his plan. God's plan is to bless you. God's plan is to increase you. Job 36, 11, if they'll only obey and serve me, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures, right? Isaiah 48, 17, I'm the Lord, your God that teaches you to profit, that leads you in the way you should go. His plan for you is to increase. So one thing we understand is although God determines our promotion and increase, it is our faithfulness that is the catalyst that allows God to do what he wants to do in our lives. He looks for faithful people. He looks for loyal, consistent people. When he finds us continuing to faithfully do what he's called us to do, told us to do, he can trust us. He can trust us with more. So, so here's how it works. It works this way. And, I, and I've asked many men of God, women of God this. They all say the same thing. You've got to discover what God's plan is for your life. You've got to discover your calling and your purpose. Once you discover it, attack it. Do only that. Don't go outside of God's instruction for your life. Don't go outside of his command for your life. Don't do that. And uh, I was talking with a friend of mine, wonderful, literally wonderful uh, guy. I love him. Great pastor, great, great man, faith man. And uh, he was asking me about a certain area where he lives And he said, you know, I wanted to ask your opinion on this because we kind of live in a rural area. And he said, um, you know, in a a radius of maybe 20 miles, there's only about, you know, 6,000 people that live in a a radius 20 miles of where our church is. And uh, he said, what do you think about that? He said, do you think, um, do you think we should go to a more uh, like a metropolis, more, more of a bigger area? And I said, not if God's not if God's assigned you the area that you're in. See, and I told him this, which I totally believe. Uh, I said, I would rather be uh, obeying. I would rather obey what the Lord told me to do and be in a place like that than I would to uh, be disobedient to God and go be in a big city where there's a lot of people. Uh, think about that for a minute. Candy is saying something is wrong. Are you having technical issues? I don't know. I've not seen anything wrong. Is anybody else seeing anything wrong? I've not, I've not seen anything. Um, but I told him, I said, I'd rather be obedient to the Lord where he assigned me and see his blessing on that. than I would be disobedient to that assignment, go into a large city where he never called me to be. I said, but just think about this. And I, I mean, honestly, imagine this. If you're in a place where within you know, 20,000 or within 20 miles, you got 6,000 people. Imagine if you only asked the Lord to give you 5% of the population in your church, that is 300 people in your church. Now I know that's not a mega church. You know what I mean? That's not like Lakewood church, but think about this. The average church, sadly in the U.S. and Canada is right around 65 people on Sunday. Think about that. The average church in America, Canada, has about 65 or so people on a Sunday morning. So if you imagine it that way, if you've got 300 people coming to your Sunday morning service, see what I mean? Then you're literally looking at such an increase that you would be one of the biggest churches in the nation, whether you're in the U.S. or Canada. If you had 300 people coming, I said, then imagine when God starts putting his hand of blessing on you. And if God gave you just 10% of the population where you live and you've got 600 people coming to your church, well, 600 people, let me tell you something you would be in the top 5% of churches in America or the or Canada if you have 600 people coming on a Sunday morning. And that's only 10%. And then what happens? What happens when people start hearing and knowing what God's doing at your church, 
there's such a drought of good churches, people are willing to drive from out of town to come to be a part of your church. When I was with my uncle in uh, Virginia Beach, there were people that drove from out of town to come be a part of the church. Why? There's such a drought of good churches now that if you've got a Holy Ghost on fire, word of faith teaching church that people are hungry for, they'll come. They will come. So, uh, you know, imagine this. If you only trusted God for five to 10%. So here's, here's my thought. Sometimes we look at that and we say, well, it's not very much. You know, there's only 6,000 people. You know, it's not, it's not a lot of people. And, and I understand 6,000 people is not a lot of people. But I also think to myself, imagine in the context of church that if the average church is 65 people and you've got 5% coming, 300 people, you're blowing everybody else away. And then God continues to give the increase. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is I would rather be in the middle of my assignment, obeying my instruction and God put his hand of blessing on it. than I would, let let me give you another example. Let's say when when you're there in that place, because God assigned you that place, he's the one who opens the door, gives you a building, you know, the building that you're believing for, gives you the resources, gives you the partnership, gives you all the stuff comes from the Lord because it's his assignment. But then if you were to leave your assignment and go somewhere else to try to make it look better, guess what? Now you're required to open all the doors. Now you're required to raise the money. Now you're required to get your own strength and wisdom and everything else. But when you do what God's asking you to do, he provides all that increase. It's powerful. And so I I made up my mind a long time ago. I want to be in the middle of God's assignment for me and not just decide whatever I want to do and ask God to get on it. That's a mistake. We have to discover his purpose for our lives and then attack our purpose with faithfulness. Huge. Put it in the comment. Discover my purpose, comma, attack my purpose. If you want to be super correct, semicolon. (laughs) Discover my purpose, attack my purpose. That's the key. That's the key right here. And then we're going to show you Matthew 25, what Bishop started teaching that really is, is so true. Discover my purpose, attack my purpose. Look at Delame. I drove three hours to go to a church service in Wisconsin because I couldn't find a Holy Spirit-filled church in Minnesota. And people are doing that. People are doing that. Discover my purpose, attack my purpose. Discover my purpose, and it's exactly what what we have to do. Know what it is, be faithful to what it is. Know what it is, be faithful to what it is. What's up, Cody? And so I want you to I want you to see this now. Now we're in Matthew 25. And now we're going to get to the meat of what it is that he said because we understand God determines our due season. He's the one who brings promotion. All we're required to do is not get weary in well-doing, faint not, don't, you know, do what we're called to do. Now, in uh Matthew 25. Look at this. This is the parable of the talents, and we know the story. There was a master who had servants, and so before he goes on his journey, he leaves his servants with three different levels of talents. Now, look at this. The Bible says, uh, it's like the man going on a journey, called to his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two talents. To another, one talent. Now catch this, because this right here is an important phrase in verse 15. To each, according to his ability. Then he went away. So I I want to start by saying, I don't want you to think that in this parable, that the master was just sovereignly picking and choosing who he would favor with his talents. Well, this guy, I like him. I'm going to give him five talents. This one only gets two. This one gets one. No, notice what the Bible says. Even the talents that they were left with was based upon their abilities. So it was their own uh, determination to hone their gifts, talents, and abilities 
that caused the master to leave them with different levels of talents. That is a huge lesson to learn. Those that are willing to hone their gifts, hone their talents, hone their abilities, hone what, you know, whatever it is God's entrusted you, notice what gets put in your hand, even the opportunities you're given are based upon how faithful and willing you are to develop your gifts and talents. Those come from the Lord. He gave them to you. But if you don't use them, if you don't develop them, if you just let them lie dormant, God's not going to give you opportunities. He's not going to open doors for you. He's looking for people that will develop their abilities, develop their gifts and talents. And this is why the three servants got three levels of talents, each according to his ability. Why would God put five talents in the hand of a man who can only handle one talent? God's not wasteful. Catch this. Put it in the comments today. God is not wasteful. No way. No way. God does everything with order, with purpose, and design and structure. As as our pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas, teaches, everything is done with purpose, design, and structure. So God's not going to put 10 or even five talents in the hand of a man who can only truly handle one talent. And we find out later, really couldn't even handle one talent. Why would God do that? He's not going to. He's not going to. He's not wasteful. He's not going to give you more than you can properly handle is the key that I want you to see. God is not wasteful. Put it in the comments. God is not wasteful. And so, based on their ability, then he went away. And he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. I've made five talents more. And his master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. See that? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Look, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now watch this. But the one who'd been given one came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have back what is yours. Now look at the master's response. But his master answered him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Then you ought to have at least put my money into a, with the bankers and I could have got some interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who's got 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given. Catch that. And he and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he does have will be taken away from him. So here is a massive, massive lesson to learn. Jesus is teaching here that the ones who, and, and see this, even the one who had five and the one who had two got the same rate of return if you look at it. Even though they had more and less, notice when they gave it back to the master, same rate of return. They both doubled their talents before the master came back. Same rate of return, just at different levels. What did the master say? Well done. You have been faithful over a little. Now what's going to happen? I'll make you ruler over much. I'll set you over much. So here's the key. Here's the key. They were faithful over what they had been given already. You see that? They'd been faithful. What they didn't do, notice this, what they didn't do is grumble 
over the fact that they'd only been given five and two. You know, the, the, the story doesn't record that. The one who was given five takes the five, the master leaves on the journey, and then he just sits around going, I can't believe I got five talents. You know I wanted 10. I need 10 talents. And then sitting around praying that he would have 10. Oh, God, just give me 10. I need 10 talents. Oh, Lord, open the door for 10. No, no. What did he do? He was faithful over five talents. And then had 10 from his work, developed it, got it larger. And then look what happens. The master comes back and says, you've been faithful over a little. You've been faithful over a little. Now what I'm going to do, I've watched your faithfulness. I know I can trust you. I'll make you ruler over much. So I want you to understand the power of this principle because it's so, it's so interesting. And this is the way Bishop said it when he was teaching on this. And I thought, man, I've never heard anybody say it that way. But he said, let's, let's say, and he was using a 5,000 member church as an example, but let me break it down to the North American continent. If you had a church where you're a pastor of 50 people or a business where you take care of 50 clients, right? Think of this. If you've got 50 clients, if you've got 50 people in your church, whatever it might be, why would God give you more if you can't even faithfully handle the ones you already have? And so he began to teach it this way. If I'm a pastor of 50 people, my goal does not need to be, I need to grow this to 100 people. I need to grow this to 500 people. No, my goal needs to be, I need to apply myself to be the most faithful pastor over 50 people that there is in the country. That if you looked at any other pastor at 50 people, you're not going to find a more faithful, caring pastor of 50 than me. I'm going to make sure they grow. I'm going to disciple them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to correct them. I'm going to build them. And then what happens? God looks and here's why God loves his sheep. God loves his people, loves them. So why would God put his people into a church where the leadership can't even handle that level of people? And so they get neglected, they get abused, whatever it might be, because they're not ready to see that, that amount of growth. I'll give you an example. What if I just really had a heart to take in foster children into my home? And I went out and bit off more than I could chew. And I said, you know what? Today, I'm going to go out right now. I'm getting 75 foster kids, 75. I got a heart to see them. And so I go out and I'm sure they wouldn't release them to me. I'm sure there's tons of checking and everything before they allowed them to come to your house. But let's say I want 75 of them to come and live here. We're going to take care of them. Well, then they get to this house. I don't have 75 beds. I don't have 75 dressers. I don't have 70, you know, I don't have enough in the refrigerator for 75 people to eat. You, you see what I mean? And so what would happen? I have a heart to do it. I want to do it, but I don't have the actual capacity to be faithful over 75 foster kids in this home currently. You see what I mean? So why would God, why would I want to? Because what, what, here's what will happen. When they all come into the house and then for three weeks, you know, they're sleeping on the floors, they're sleeping all over. There's not places for people to stay. There's not places for people to put their clothes. There's not stuff for people to eat. You know, they're going to come back and say, you you don't have the ability to take care of 75 kids. We're taking them away from you. Well, they'd never give them to me in the first place. And God, who is all knowing, is never going to allow uh, there to be growth where that growth will be destroyed. You see what I mean? Uh, why would he put his sheep, his children that he loves and cares about, into a place that does not have the resources to care for the sheep. What did Jesus say? Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my lambs. So what is Jesus saying? If you truly love me, the best thing you can do to prove it is take care of my sheep. Take care of my people. Take care of my children. And so that's the key. Why would God put in your hand something that you can't handle? 
Why would God put in your hands something that you'll, that'll just literally be destroyed? No, God knows your capacity, but also he watches your faithfulness. And if, as you're, that's why Bishop was teaching. If you'll do what Matthew 25 is teaching, be faithful over a little, that's where the promotion comes. Due season, Galatians chapter six and verse nine, due season hits, God sees that you're not ever growing weary and well-doing. You faint not, that you, you're doing what you're called to do, your assignment. God sees that faithfulness. He's searching. He sees that faithfulness. And he said, now they've been faithful over a little. I'll make them ruler over much. You know, it's funny because there's people, they want God to take them around the world to preach the gospel. It's like, bro, you haven't even talked to somebody at your job about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's like people go around and I believe one of these days, God's going to take me to the nations and he's going to give me a platform to preach to the nations about Jesus. It's like, dude, you haven't even talked to anybody on your job about Jesus. You go, your family's not even saved. You go to family reunions. You don't even share Jesus with your family members who know you. Why in the world would the Lord open doors for you to go stand on platforms and preach in the nations if you refuse to talk to people on your job about Jesus, you see what I mean? I mean, it's very interesting. I'll give you an example. And there's, there's a, a preacher. I'm sure you've heard of him. His name is uh, pastor Stephen Furtick elevation church. It's a tiny little church in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> and whatever you may, may think of him or elevation church, let me give you an ex- uh, something that struck me from his life. Because one of the things I did understand about him is that he's interested in seeing souls saved and people baptized into the faith uh, from the time he was young. But when he went to college, he told a story about when he was in college, he had such a heart for the students on his floor um, that wanted them to be saved and, and the guys that played sports and all this. And he was praying for them. He was saying, you know, Lord, I want these, I want these guys to be saved. You know, I want, I want these guys to serve the Lord. And he was saying, Lord, give me an open door, show, you know, show me what to do. And the Lord gave him a divine idea. And I thought this was an excellent idea because, you know, people look at Elevation Church and just think, well, he just, you know, he just went and started a mega church and people started coming because of these men. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You see stories like this. You understand there's been faithfulness, prayer, fasting behind the scenes. I know more of the story than most people do. So he's in college and he's crying out to God for his fellow students on his dorm floor to be saved. And he's praying, God, I want to save. And the Lord gives him a divine idea. The Lord says, now go out to like whatever he went to the grocery store, or Walmart or whatever, go to Walmart, go to the grocery store, whatever, and just buy a ton of like snack foods. So like Twinkies, Little Debbie cakes, all that stuff. He said, just, you know, get a ton of snack foods and bring them back to your dormitory, pop them in like the closet of your dorm, and then uh, make it known that anybody that wants to can come in and get snacks out of your closet, that you're going to keep it stocked, and whoever wants to come into your dorm room to get snacks can come in and get snacks. And so he did what the Lord led him to do, went and bought all the snack cakes and went and all of the, you know, everything, <clears throat> And then stocked his closet, made it known. Anybody that comes in is, is welcome to my snacks, welcome to the food. Well, now you got all the football players coming in. You got all the basketball players coming in. But here's the thing. Now they're coming into his dorm room, but he's got the opportunity to share Jesus with every one of these guys that are hanging around in his dorm room. It, it was an open door and a platform for him to share the gospel with people who needed the gospel. And so what takes place is now by a divine idea, it gives him the ability to be faithful in a thing that he's believing God for. I'm not just praying that souls will be saved. I'm taking actionable steps that are opening doors for me to share the good news of the gospel. Let me tell you, when you add on top of that, me giving things to people, you know, it opens people's hearts when you're the one that's being generous to them and sowing things into them. I mean, I'm just telling you, I've had it happen for myself. You know, it's like I've told you the story about the guy who needed money in the Walmart parking lot. Uh, you know, it cost me 60 bucks or something. Two souls saved in one night uh, in the parking lot of Walmart. 
I'll pay that any day. When you give or you're generous, it opens the door to like, for them to hear what you have to say. So notice what he did. Faithful over that. So you, everybody likes to look at Pastor Stephen Furtick now in Elevation Church and all the campuses and all the growth and all the music and everything they're doing. So I don't know how he got there. Well, I know. It takes faithfulness. People weren't around when he was going into a nursing home and renting it out and, you know, setting up all the gear every single week and doing the worship himself and, you know, all that stuff. It's faithfulness behind the scenes. You weren't there when they were fasting and praying and, you know, confessing every time they passed by a building that God said was theirs, that the the owner of the building that revoked their lease and said, we don't want a church in here because of the furniture store. And they kept going by it and stretching their hand out and crying out to God, give this, give us this space that you said is ours. All those things. You weren't there during the 40 day fast and seeing what, what he was doing to reap souls and see souls saved in college and all this stuff. But see, it's a faithfulness that grows. It's a, he didn't start, you know, day one, step onto the platform of Elevation Church and just go. No, he didn't start that way. It was faithfulness throughout his life. It was faithfulness, you know, saved in high school and then went on, went at it, went at it and knew what the Lord had asked him to do and stayed true to the vision, stuck to the vision, stayed faithful on his calling and on his purpose. It doesn't matter if you own a business. If you're working for a company, whatever you might be doing, ministering in some area, maybe you're a worship leader, maybe you doesn't matter. You're a mom. You're, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It applies in every space. If God gave me an assignment, I got to be as faithful as I can be over this assignment. My faithfulness determines my due season. Once again, what's up, Rohan? Put it in the comments. My faithfulness determines my season. It's important. This is so huge. My faithfulness determines my season. Put it in the comments. My faithfulness determines my, see that? So it's important because what Bishop was teaching was, if I will make myself the most faithful pastor I can make over 50 people or 5,000 in his case, then I will, I will see God promoting me. Promotion comes only from the Lord. My faithfulness determines my season. My faithfulness determines my season. Well, I'll say it like this because people don't like to hear it, but I'm going to say it anyway. That in the nation we live, if you live in the U.S., We've got one of the most unhealthy nations, and I'm not some health guru, so don't think like I'm lecturing about health. I'm the last guy that needs to be lecturing about, you know, the guy that spends $60 at the Taco Bell drive-thru. I'm the last person that needs to be lecturing on health. But if you just look at the data, we have the most obese nation in the world. We've got childhood obesity, all these different things. But people wait and wait and wait until they have a problem in their life. And I know this from like being a minister that prays for sick people constantly. You know, many people, uh, because of, you know, just habits and living and choices have brought themselves into a place of sickness. And, uh, you know, we have the most obese nation in the world. They, they told us years ago, maybe five, 10 years ago, that if things weren't corrected, one third of Americans by 2020 would have type two diabetes. It's what we're really seeing. Diabetes is all over the place. High blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, heart attacks. And it all has to do with the fact that uh, people aren't using any self-control uh, in, in this nation. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing. <clears throat> and so we're making choices and decisions. Our faithfulness is not in the right area. And so what happens is we get to that season where we say, well, you know, I can't believe I've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I can't believe that my blood pressure is so high. I can't believe that, you know, I'm on the verge of a heart attack and stroke or whatever. But we look at that and say to ourselves, well, we say that we can't believe that we're in this season where we're really dealing with this stuff. It's not because God put us in that season. It's that it's been faith. It's been faithfulness to the wrong thing for years that's placed us into that season. You see what I mean? And so it's like, it's like with a diet. One of the reasons that people quit a diet 
is because or quit a lifestyle where they're where they're trying to have a lifestyle of living healthy is because they don't see immediate change. Now, here's a key that I want to give you. This is so huge. This is for the mature people. What, what I'm going to give you right here is for the meat eaters. This is not the milk. This is not the baby stuff. I'm about to give you the milk, the meat eater stuff. So, so catch this. One of the reasons immature Christians stop doing what they should be doing and they're not faithful is because they don't see immediate benefits from the things they're doing. They don't see immediate benefits. And so they stop. Well, I guess it doesn't matter that much, so I'm not going to do it. And they quit. So I'll give you some examples. They stop reading the word daily. They stop praying. They stop attending church faithfully. And they don't understand these are little things that are eating away at you. They're destroying you, but you don't see the effect immediately. It's the same way when, you know, if, if you're, you may not understand, I was listening to um, my cousin, I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. My cousin was like, you need to listen to this episode because uh, he's got this doctor on that's a long life specialist. So I was listening to that and it's interesting that this doctor who's not a Christian, she was just on Joe Rogan's podcast, was saying that uh, people who drink alcohol are literally drinking poison. He said, well, yeah, but what about alcohol like in moderation? She said, that's the same as drinking poison in moderation. Now, this woman's a long life specialist, a long life specialist. She's teaching how to live to be like a hundred and, you know, live long. And these are, neither of these two are believers, far from it. And notice what they're saying. People that drink alcohol in any measure, even in moderation, are drinking poison in moderation. And so people do little things. Okay, that doesn't affect me. You know, it doesn't affect me. I can do that all the time. You know, I can have one of those and whatever. And what's happening is, what's happening is, uh, they're literally destroying themselves slowly. So you can even build, you can either build yourself slowly to, to the good things, or you can destroy yourself slowly. It's like, yeah, smoking. Well, I can have a cigarette a day. I can have, and then what you don't realize is you're destroying yourself slowly. So faithfulness to the wrong thing produces the wrong season. Put that in the comments because this is the crux of what I'm teaching today. Faithfulness to the wrong thing produces the wrong season. You know, it's like, um, you know, people that are immature, they, you know, they do these, I've used this as an example, which is funny. It would be like me saying, okay, I'm going to start working out today. I'm going to, I want to build muscle. So I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to throw myself down on the bench press and I'm going to bang out a set of 10, bang out another set of 10, rip my shirt off, go stand in front of the mirror and go, I don't look any different. I look the same as I did before those two sets. This stuff doesn't work. Working out is a lie. They've tricked us all. This self, it's a hoax. Well, anybody with a brain knows that, you know, it doesn't grow after one set or two sets. How does it grow? Faithfulness over time. Faithfulness over time. And understand, faithfulness to the wrong thing brings the wrong season. God doesn't put you there. It literally has to be uh, disobedience to what he's assigned you. So that brings you to the wrong season. So if I'm being faithful to the opposite of what God told me to do, it's not going to bring blessing. It's going to bring problems. It's going to bring problems. And I made up my mind, I'm not going to walk outside of the blessing of God. I want to discover my assignment, discover my purpose and attack it with faithfulness, attack it with faithfulness. And so we see the opposite. People quit, you know, they quit. They stop being faithful. That's why there's an, there's actually an instruction to you in the Bible, which I read to start the broadcast Galatians six, nine, don't get weary in well-doing. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because if you'll not faint, if you'll not give up, the Bible says, in due season, you'll reap a harvest. So I'm, I know this. Immaturity always has to see an immediate change, has to see an immediate benefit. Immaturity has to do that. 
Maturity knows. That's why people that are mature with money can invest for the long term and don't have to see something change tomorrow. I need If I don't see an increase on this investment tomorrow, I'm pulling all my investments. No. People that are mature about money can invest for the long term and see slow and steady growth. Immaturity always has to see an immediate benefit or they quit. Don't do that. Things are growing. Things are moving behind the scenes. You're moving forward. As my father always told me, slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady. I would rather be someone that grows steadily than somebody that has an explosive thing happen. I'm a flash in the pan, but I grew so, in, I increased so fast that I could, my, my actual infrastructure couldn't handle the growth or my character couldn't handle the growth and I was crushed because of the growth. I don't want that. I want to have steady growth. Steady growth. I want to see it year over year continuing to increase. How many times have we seen people that blew up but couldn't handle the the blow up and so they crumble? It's what happens with almost every single person that wins the lottery. You go watch a documentary. You go study it out. Almost every single person that wins a major lottery destroys their life because they can't handle that level of increase. They can't handle that level of pressure. It brings people out of the woodwork. Everybody's calling for money. You know, they make wrong choices because it amplifies. Remember this, success amplifies who you already are. This would be something to write down and something to put in the comments. Success amplifies who you already are. Very important to know that. Very important to know that. Because you say people hear you hear people go, well, money changes people. It doesn't change people. Money doesn't change people. It just amplifies who they already are. If you were a jerk before you got money, you're going to be a bigger jerk after you get money. You know why? Because if you need money, you can't afford to be a jerk to everybody. <laughs> you can't afford to be a jerk to your boss. Can't afford to be a jerk to the, cause you need people. But once you get blessed and you know, you get all this money, it amplifies your jerkiness. You know why? Cause now you don't need those people anymore. So it just shows your true colors. Doesn't change who you are. It just amplifies what's already in your heart. Success amplifies who you already are. If you were kind if you were humble, if you were caring before you were successful, you're going to be the same afterwards because that's who you truly are. Success amplifies who you already are. So understand something. For people that blew up for whatever reason and couldn't handle it, well, it amplified who they already were and their character could not sustain their success and they crashed and they burned. Now they're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. It's like this, it's like the, really it's a parable of the tortoise and the hare and the hare ran, ran so fast through the race that he saw the tortoise was so far behind that he said, I can, I can take a rest. I can take a break. I can stop being faithful in the race. I'll lay down and go to sleep, went to sleep. And guess what happened? That tortoise that never stopped moving forward, kept moving forward, kept moving forward, kept moving forward, never stopped his faithfulness, passed right on by. Passed right on by. And you know what it shows you? It's not just about gifts. It's not just about talents. It's about faithfulness. It's about faithfulness. I'll give you an example. I would rather have, now anybody that works in business, maybe you own a business, maybe you employ people. Let me tell you something. As someone who does employ people, I would much, much rather have someone work with me who doesn't have all the talents and giftings that somebody else may have, but has a greater faithfulness and consistency rather than I would have somebody that's got all these gifts and talents, but isn't that consistent of a worker, isn't that faithful, can't depend on them, never know when stuff's going to get done. Well, well, if I have somebody who's consistent and faithful, They can learn new things. They can grow in their gifts and talents, but they'll always be moving forward. They'll be dependable. They'll always complete their assignments. You see what I mean? God looks at it that way. I would rather have faithful people. I would rather have loyal people. Second Chronicles 16, nine. 
hearts turn toward him. I'd rather have loyal people than I would to have people that treat me like a hobby, treat me like a part-time lover. I don't need that. I need loyal, faithful people. That's what God's looking for. So when he sees that in you, increase is coming. Increase is coming. So I want to encourage you, and I'm going to pray at the end of this broadcast. I'm going to pray for people because what's our declaration this year? Violent increase, expedited favor. Well, God gives it to people who can handle it. And so when you're in position, obviously, I told you this at the beginning of the year, no preacher can get on television or on the broadcasts online and say, I'm telling you right now, everybody that's watching me on this broadcast today is getting ready to have a double portion. Hit your life. No, you can't do that because there will be people on the broadcast, people on television that have not done what it takes to receive increase, blessing, harvest, double portion. So you can't just blanket prophesy to everybody watching that that's going to be your story because it won't be. What I say is to the faithful, to those that obey the word, to those that will step out in faith and continue moving forward towards your assignment in God, those are the people that are going to be blessed. Those are the ones that will see violent increase and expedited favor. Why? His eyes are watching you. His book of remembrance is open. He's writing down what you're doing on behalf of the kingdom and you will be blessed. The faithful, the victory tribe, as we say, will be blessed. And so I want to pray for you here at the end of this broadcast because I'm asking God for you to open doors, to bring you into places you couldn't have got on your own, to show you his goodness, his mercy, to for his mighty right hand to lift you higher than you've ever been. And I'm believing that in the last four months of this year, God will so bless us, so radically bless us that it'll blow the minds of even unsaved people that are seeing our lives and our ministries and business. So I want you to pray. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus for every person watching this broadcast. I ask you now, Lord, for the faithful, those that have been pressing in, obeying your word, attacking their purpose, those that are loyal to you, let this be the most swift moment of increase they've ever seen in their entire lives. The next four months, let us explode into your goodness and into your mercies like we've never seen. Increase on every side. I thank you that healing is quickly coming to their bodies in Jesus' name. Sickness and disease have to run out of their home in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Healing is coming. I thank you that peace and joy are flooding their soul. Depression and anxiety have to run out. I thank you, Lord, that debts are being canceled. I thank you, Lord, that increase financially is coming to your people. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see overflow in every area of life. Lord, our our prayer is this, household salvation. By the time that this year comes to an end, December 31st, household salvation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Do it for us, Lord. We thank you for it. We give you praise. Lord, I pray, give us a hunger to be faithful. Give us a boldness to never grow weary in doing what is good. Father, let your eyes find us faithful. Let your eyes find us consistent. And Lord, show yourself strong and mighty on our behalf in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We give you glory. And if you believe it, somebody shout amen. Throw some fire into the comment section if you believe it. And declare that's my story in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me encourage you on this Friday, before we go into the weekend, I want to encourage you to sow a seed by faith. And I'm really encouraging and challenging you this week for people to stand with us in partnership. I'm encouraging you. I am challenging you for those that can to begin with us at $85 a month. You can do that at miracleword.com. And uh, what we're encouraging people to do is trust the Lord to say, I'm going to attach myself to Miracle Word Ministries at $85 a month, that's $1,000 a year, to see this generation shaken by the power of God. I'll be very upfront with you, but very honest with all we're doing around the world and getting ready to do. I'm asking the Lord to attach 1,000 people to us right now 
that would sow $85 a month and stand faithfully and believe for that kind of a, an impact in the earth before Jesus comes. Let me tell you, we're in the final moments of time. Even this election that we're about to see happen in America is a very important, especially with religious liberties in the United States of America. Very vital election that's coming up. A lot of things are happening right now. I believe God's giving us a space of uh, opportunity once again to see the gospel preached. But things are happening around the world. Blows my mind to see how close we are to the coming of Christ. As we are, our urgency should go to another level to do what the Lord's asked us to do. That's why I'm challenging you because time is coming to a close and we're going to be the ones, the remnant that will never grow cold, that will never fall away from the faith. Our love, our hearts will not grow cold. We're standing up and saying, Lord, use us again. Whatever you're doing in this world, in this season, use us to do it in Jesus name. And when you stand and sow and partner with this ministry, that's what you're declaring. I will be a part of this end time move of God, this end time harvest of souls. And we love you. And we we thank you for all that you're doing. For those that are doing that, standing with us at $85 or more every month, this month, we want to send you as a gift, this classic book by Dr. Lester Summerall, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit, which is a classic on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, it's a must-have for every believer. And uh, if you'd like to receive this book in the month of August for your seed, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and fill out the form so we know where to send it. And it will come to you as uh, our gift to you. And then, of course, those that are sowing $1,000 or more uh, as a one-time seed, we not, will not just send you that, but also this brand new book. This is a limited edition hardcover of the new book, Further Faster, How to Accelerate Your Purpose Through the Force of Impartation. Most important book I've ever written, I believe, that God's allowed me to write. And then on top of that, the genuine leather edition of the Life Application Study Bible, one of the best study Bibles. It's actually the best-selling study Bible in the nation, one of the best study tools that you could hold in your hand, kind of an all-in-one to go a little bit deeper with all of your studies. You'll love it. I have one here with me. I love it. And uh, it'll bless you. And it's our way of saying thank you. You're not sowing to get a gift. You're not sowing to have, you know, a reward. It's a spiritual reward. Harvest is coming to you. But we like to say thank you to those that are willing to stand with us by faith and to partner. And so let me say this. You don't want to miss Monday's broadcast. You don't. Huge announcement. Huge blessing. And uh, we're gonna give we're gonna give the announcement on the broadcast Monday morning, ten thirty, Eastern time. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm so excited. It's what I've been teasing you about. It's what uh, the Lord's been doing through us. If you remember, we kept declaring May's our month of miracles. June will hold our testimonies in our hand. I can't wait to share with you what God's doing. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Uh, biggest announcement we've probably ever made for the ministry. So coming up this Monday morning, uh, join me and don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys. Thanks for sewing. Thanks for standing with me. Don't forget to um, go check out uh, Miracle Word Kids vlog on YouTube channel. My daughter and uh, both my daughters and my son dropping a video at least once a week and uh, more to come for your kids. Check it out. And then also go to MiracleWordKids.com and uh, get all the materials that we have for you to be a blessing to your kids. Don't forget to grab a copy of Carolyn's new book uh, on Amazon, uh, for Kindle also, for Apple Books also, and then Further Faster, also available on ebook. We love you guys. One more thing I'll say, don't forget that we have at Miracle Word University, which is MiracleWordU.com, we have courses for you that will build your faith. And we just released this year for the first time, a bundled option where you can get over 20 hours of teaching. Look at that, four courses, 20 hours of teaching. And we're giving you one of those courses for free. It's 28% off uh, available right now for only $199. You can also buy them individually. All you got to do, go to miraclewordu, the letter U.com. And uh, it will bless you immensely. And it'll equip you for what God has you 
uh, ready to do on the earth. So let me encourage you to go check it out and uh, it'll bless you. Thanks, Billion. Appreciate that. Thank you, Roxy, for sowing a seed. You can use Cash App to sow, Venmo. You can use PayPal. You can use hashtag donate in the comments like Ben and Roxy did. Uh, however you do it, we say a big thank you. We love you guys so much. I'm going to be back Monday morning. Don't miss it, man. Biggest, biggest ever announcement for Miracle Word Ministries live on the broadcast. Get somebody. Share it. It's going to be great. I'm so, so excited to bring it to you. Have a great weekend. Love you guys so much. We'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.